throughout this life course of being public health professionals and global health professionals, one of the greatest strengths we can build is this idea of relationships and networking. We have to work together as a team and utilize everyone's knowledge and be aware of what others are doing and utilize that in different ways to see where you can fit in, where you can help and amplify different messaging. And I think along your path, just consider the importance of meaningful relationships. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. You're listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for all things public health and global health, from the sustainable development goals to the social determinants of health, as well as interesting dialogue about the diverse career opportunities that exist in the field. My name is LaShawn, your host for this episode, alongside Gordon, my fellow co-host. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. In this holiday special, we would like to take the opportunity to reintroduce ourselves. We will talk about Public Health Insight's mission and vision, as well as some of the projects, initiatives, and ongoing work to date. Then, we'll wrap up by sharing some upcoming plans for the future. And without further ado, Gordon, what the heck is Public Health Insight? Oh, that's what we're doing? That's you what we're doing. There? We're going there. Okay. Okay, so how much time do we have to talk about PHI? Maybe like 30 minutes. 48 minutes? 40, okay. 48 minutes, okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the vision of so Public Health Insight, otherwise abbreviated as PHI. So our mission is to, we essentially work to bridge the gap between communities, researchers, scientific evidence students, early career professionals working in the field of public health and global health. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we do this in a moment. LaShawn, you want to talk about our vision? Yeah, for sure. So when we were talking about some of the ways we could make impact within our organization, we wanted to make sure at the very core to see eventually that we wanted to ensure that public health information at its core can be accessed, understood, and used by all. And it sounds like a very daunting task, but that's what a vision's supposed to be. It's supposed to be daring, it's supposed to be ambitious, and we really stand for what that vision stands for. Wouldn't you agree, Gordon? Yeah, at the core, we want to make public health kind of cool. We want to make it approachable. We want to make it accessible. Of course, leveraging technology that we're, we have the pleasure of being able to use to meet that end. So... I would say it's an ambitious goal, but that's at the at the core of what we do. That's what we try to accomplish. Right. And we often call ourselves a knowledge translation organization and a health communication organization. And what, what does that actually mean? Didn't we have a paper on this? We did. Somewhere? Well, I'll talk about the, yeah, the KT part. So knowledge translation, otherwise known as KT, it's sort of a... Uh, a very robust, dynamic, iterative process whereby you synthesize information into something that's more digestible and less complicated. And this can be applied to pretty much any industry, and we apply it to the field of public health and global health. And so why did we f- feel there was a need to bring this knowledge translation aspect? Isn't this something they're already doing in public health and global health? So for like for me, and I know for you as well, the challenge is 
one of the things we always bring up is evidence-based information like scientific articles, peer-reviewed journals. They're all locked away. If you're not affiliated with a post-secondary institution, oftentimes you won't have as much access to those materials that would you would rely on for factual information. So what we do, we had the privilege of going, doing undergrad and then going again to study and did, doing our master of public health. So throughout those experiences, we learned a lot about how to digest complicated information and make it simple. So we endeavored on this journey here to do exactly that. So how do we get on track to even start this? Sounds like you're going to talk about Were we in the basement? our podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what? Let's 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 back up a bit. So, yeah. LaShawn and I and uh, a lot of we met a lot of people in our in our master of public health program. We met some I met LaShawn, Ben's not here. There's Linda, Will, and Sully, and essentially in some capacity we worked to create this you know, podcast. And why we chose podcasts is podcasts was becoming they were becoming more of a a more popular medium through which people would engage to get various types of information, whether it's on cooking, self-help, meditation. And we thought there was a space in there for podcasting. So we mm. we started a podcast because we tend to have these conversations at birthday parties anyway. So Yeah, and that's so true. We're always on WhatsApp in our group chats talking about the latest and greatest in public health and global health, and we're giving our analysis on it. And we're like, why, why not? Why not share this? Because it is useful information that other people in global health, especially students, early career professionals, and those in public health and global health could benefit from. And so we decided one day to kind of just make a podcast. And why was that relevant given the specific time we started that? What was what was ongoing in the world at that point? So the pandemic. What pandemic? Uh, descended upon us. Yeah, the, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Sorry. <laughs> The current pandemic of uh, that was named something 20, 2019, COVID-19, I'll just say it. The COVID-19 pandemic descended upon us and we had some time to slow down a bit and implement the podcast, put our conversations out there in the universe and there's one person listening to it, one person turned into 10 and then turn, mm. 10 people turned into a lot. And then we realized that at that point, even though we were doing it for fun and we we're doing it for our own perhaps selfish reasons, we then realized that this seemed to be important for other people as well. So we decided that the show must go on. Yeah. So LaShawn, we're coming up on two years in March 2022. That would have been two years since we started podcasting. Mm-hmm. What what are the major successes so far, you would say, for the Public Health Insight podcast? Yeah, so we're talking about one of those ways we translate that knowledge that we talk about for Public Health Insight. And one of those ways is by the Public Health Insight podcast. There's a couple of successes, and I would branch it out into a couple of areas. So the first area would be what you already mentioned, this reach and the scope of our work. So... Again, the way these podcasts are traditionally created is, you know, we have a topic, we sometimes invite guest experts in the field to talk about different topics, whether it's harm reduction, you know, global health, power and privilege. What other topics do we have? Dementia, 
you know, this stroke prevention, stroke prevention. Yeah. There, there's so many topics and like we're around a hundred episodes now. So there's like a hundred different topics you can look into. And the beautiful thing about that is as we kept putting these episodes out there, these topic specific episodes out there, the reach kept increasing and increasing. And so we've gotten to the point where we're listened to in over a hundred and, you know, 25 countries, 130 countries and in over what, Gordon? How many cities are we across? Like 3,000 different cities? Right. And so yeah. that that is an interesting, interesting thing, considering that we started from just really recording our conversations, expecting nothing of it, right? So the sheer amount of reach was very interesting. And then the second part of that is the opportunities that emerged from just putting out this podcast, which really led to us mm-hmm. developing public health insight into what it is today. And many of people listening today might not be familiar with some of the other stuff that we do other than this podcast, but it's really led to a bunch of different things we'll talk about in a second. But one of the main things it's led to is this idea of mentoring different students and young professionals in the space. So oftentimes, we have people listen to our podcast, whether they're in India, Indonesia, the UK, US, Canada, and they send us an email saying, hey, LaShawn Gordon, or whoever's co-hosting the episode, and they say, you really inspired me to pursue this area of public health, or you, you really shed light on this particular public health issue that I never thought was a public health issue before. And so then we start a conversation with them, right? And then we, we also have this service that we talked about in different episodes, completely free, where we just have office hours where these individuals who reach out to us can set up a meeting with me and Gordon, and we just have a conversation. We talk about some of their goals in public health, and we share our experiences. And I think for me, you know, being an up-and-coming global health and public health professional, that's something I didn't have while I was working towards my goal of being there. Someone who's just been there before and is able to guide you based on some of their experience and I always believe that this is such an important thing in our field especially in an area where there's so much different information and you can easily get lost in in this mess of information so we wanted to be that bridge or link between public health professionals students early career professionals and the field of public health and global health and so that's kind of the second area that really was one of the successes this being able to reach students and young professionals and any professional in the field just just to kind of add to that piece and of course this led to other opportunities we'll talk about but based on our results of these kind of two facets this the breach in public health this mentorship role in public health and these other opportunities that emerge we actually recently released a paper called podcasting as a tool for health communication the Public Health Insight Podcast and Emerging Opportunities. And this was a paper published in the Global Health Annual Review. And we basically, in this paper, talk about our journey of creating a public health podcast, a global health podcast, some of the tools we used, some of our stats for our first year completion. So from March 2020 to March 2021, we compiled all our stats, all our reach, the countries that listen to our podcast, and some of the emerging opportunities that resulted from just putting out a podcast. And just to kind of name a few is this idea of, you know, professors reaching out to us after listening to some of our podcasts and asking us to come teach their Masters of Public Health class. Like, who would have thought? Like, it's it's quite incredible. What do you got to say about that, Gordon? Yep, and using, no, and using our our podcast as teaching resources. So, like, 
we can see our websites like not all professors who even use our material have any communication with us but we can see like you know blackboard the university sydney australia and there's like a lots of traffic coming from there so you could only right assume at that mm. point that that was some kind of class assignment and we see we see a lot of that yeah. and one thing that people might not know is we do have the uh, the privilege of having a very knowledgeable guest come on the podcast and i would say most of the time they find us and reach out to us directly mm. and when that started to happen frequently we realized that we were onto something and we were respected in the field of podcasting by subject matter experts so yeah that's that's another cool thing that we learned from doing the podcast is podcasting something that's easy to do like when when we talk about podcasting i'm talking about everything from ideation launch maintenance quality improvement is that something that's easy to do like how how do we do it and how are we doing it absolutely not easy so like you said there's different stages to podcasting and you know before i even thought about podcast first of all i never thought i'd be podcasting this regularly like we're at 100 episodes and what the heck i never thought i'd put myself out there like that but i mean the stages to actually create a podcast there's quite a bit to it and you might think it's as easy as recording yourself on your phone talking to someone which is which is a way to do it right but we really go a couple of steps further in terms of that ideation stage of you know what topic do we want to talk about what topics haven't we covered what topics you know resonate in the current environment of public and global health that takes a while and researching and creating all that background information in an evidence-informed way that takes quite a while to create an outline and create detailed resources for us as the host of any given episode to take in to have discussions about and so that that's kind of the first part you know creating the idea of an episode and then it's like okay do we have a guest in this area that has reached out to us previously that can talk about this episode and believe me there has been hundreds of guests at this point reach out to us and it's it's so hard sometimes because we often have a backlog of guests and it's hard to get to get through the whole list so we really have to prioritize these different episodes that we put out and yeah so you you got to think about how do we deliver that episode right so that's kind of the second stage and then obviously the technical component so scheduling how to interact with these guests how to interact with the different co-hosts how to schedule a time that works best for everyone right you can't just schedule a time that works best for you you have to be considerate about everyone's time you have to be on time you have to be focused in your approach to things because people are busy right and you want to be professional you can't set up a one-hour podcast episode and it ends up being two hours and three hours and believe me once you start talking you just keep talking and things can you know go over schedule very easily so being able to maintain that professional aspect of it now the technical aspects is you know what platforms do you use to record your podcast what host do you use to upload your podcast to who's editing your podcast what types of music do you use for your intro who's doing the intro there's a lot to consider in that part too and then after each and every one of our episodes we have at least two to three people go through the episode to make sure that and do some fact checking to make sure everything that we put out is evidence informed and you know in line with public health contemporary public health perspectives gordon what what else what else did i miss there there's we could go on i think that's that in of itself it's its own podcast but yeah 
even you haven't even touched on how do you promote the marketing how do you ensure that the right people get the show who actually would care about it I'm setting your goals right like a lot of those things are important along your journey and even like the consistency so if you're publishing once a week and i know there's burnout and like you can't you shouldn't sacrifice your mental health but if it's something that you think it's a part of your plans for longevity it's very important if you have built up an audience there's consistency and if they're if you're not able to be consistent i've heard it's best practice to even say you know taking a break and your audience will understand so just an open communication with your audience so that you don't lose them if you do take a break if you maintain that honesty so just it's just it's a lot of effort and having more than one person i would say uh, makes it a little bit easier if you're doing it by yourself it's a bit tougher so i mean as i mentioned earlier we have produced over 100 episodes and we have released a podcast every week for i guess almost close to 100 weeks straight right and so you kind of mentioned this having another person that you could kind of lean on to stay motivated what what are some of the ways that we've been able to say so consistent because that's a common question i get asked how did you put a podcast every week don't you have work don't you have other obligations and commitments what is key to the sustainability of any podcast in one word i would say we've become obsessed <laughs> so we've become obsessed with doing it we've been obsessed with ensuring that every Tuesday at midnight we publish an episode without fail. We've had a couple scares that people may or may not have known about, mostly out of our control, but we, we've we developed a sense of pride putting it out there because we know the extent of our reach and we, we constantly get feedback about how something resonated in an episode, whether it's something we said directly or something one of our guests said. And we have essentially committed ourselves at this point to to doing it. So you you might start a podcast and you might realize that you're not very passionate about it and then that's okay, right? We started one and then we actually realized we were passionate about it and then we decided to keep at it. So for those of you listening who are in the health space, if you want to start a podcast, you want to have a, a quick chat where LaShawn and I are always open to entertaining those conversations. We've had a few of those in the last couple of months with people, folks reaching out for various organizations to start public health podcasts. So if that's something you're into, we can certainly talk about it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you say you say that because it's so important that in public health, I always mention this and I hate always mentioning it, but it's so true. In public health, we always say we want to break down the bridge. We want to break down the silos. We want to have this interdisciplinary collaboration so how do we do that let's share information let's make information easily accessible if an organization has a large reach and wants to create a podcast hell yeah we want to help facilitate that process we want to help share our knowledge in the podcasting field of how to most effectively reach the audience that they want to reach and especially if it's you know evidence-informed decisions and evidence-informed information that can help people ultimately access information, make it more accessible, and utilize that information. So I'm so glad you touched upon that point. And again, we are happy to have conversations and talks about what tools we use, etc. And so we've been talking... Did you say yeah. co collaboration over competition or something? Is that what the saying is? Yes. I don't remember what Collaboration over yeah. competition. You gotta, you gotta collaborate, and we gotta 
we got to take the steps to be meaningful about that, right? It's easy to say, let's collaborate. But how do you collaborate? What do you put in place to make that collaboration effective, efficient, and actually um, able to happen, right? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of, you mentioned reach a couple of times. So mm. in terms of the podcast, it's great for realizing how far we can reach but we can't really see the faces or the names of who we're reaching just from looking at our download numbers right so one of the things we implemented in 2021 were these live podcast events mm-hmm. we found a platform that allowed us to do live broadcasting as as terrified as we were of like showing our faces recording for people to see before we edit that that was a little terrifying but we decided it would allow us to build a sense of community and for us as well. So that's something that we did in 2021. Did you want to talk about what those live podcasts were, LaShawn? Yeah, I, I was lucky to be a part of those as well. And we had Greg Martin be one of our first live podcasts, who's a fantastic mm-hmm. public health and global health professional based in Ireland, correct? Way ahead of his time, was doing YouTube videos that looked like they were shot in the 90s and... He was on to this public health thing a long time before anyone was. That podcast, live podcast, was amazing. And so many people came through to hear what Greg Martin had to say about his career advice, you know, his tips about being a public health professional and the idea that oftentimes public health professionals' work is not recognized. And you have to realize that at the end of the day, you are helping people. You just don't know who those people are, right? You're making such mm-hmm. a big impact. So a lot of the messages he you know, put out there resonated with their audience. And it was one of the most listened to episodes after we published it. And then, and then there was this, there was, we, we like having these, we always talk about practice-based things. And then we have a more practical live event. Can you tell us a bit about our kind of practical aspect to these live events with Kamara Toffolo? Yeah, so Kamara Toffolo is a LinkedIn consultant and resume writer and a job search strategist. And we as one of our goals is to support students and early career professionals navigating the field of public health into their career so we thought you know to have an impact Mm. for an organization you have to first (laughs) get a job first right so there's a lot of great people out there for a variety of reasons who are currently unemployed my heart goes out to those people looking for a job and we wish you the best so we were getting a lot of feedback around the difficulty, new grads getting job in this COVID-19 pandemic market. And we decided to bring someone in who does that for a living to teach people how to present themselves in a professional manner and how to communicate their achievements, their work achievements in a way that's tailored to the positions that they're applying for. So in this live event that LaShawn is referring to, we actually had some live resume reviews. We had a live LinkedIn profile review and we had a live cover letter review. So people can actually see how someone or how a recruiter in an organization would be looking at your letters and what types of things that you could do to stand out in your job applications. So that was very, we got a lot of positive feedback from that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are some of our live events, and we continue and plan to do more in 2022. So keep an eye out for that. And then we have mm-hmm. these other aspects that go beyond the podcasts that we produce. We share blogs, don't we? Infographics, quotes, and different headlines that are going on in the news. 
why why do you think that's an an important component of what we do as this knowledge translation organization yeah so we talked a lot about podcasting podcasting for the most part is audio based and there is a component where it allows for videos so but those are the two sort of uh, ways you can engage with podcasts the challenge is there are people out there who could be visually or hearing impaired right so we have to decide on a variety of different mediums we could use to ensure that our mission is being our vision rather is being fulfilled so we started venturing into things like transcriptions Mm -hmm. that can be translated from a web browser we know that there are imperfections there but uh, it is better than having audio only the blogs is also a written form of content so even people who are not visually hearing impaired some people might not like to listen on to anything on their headphones or speakers they're more readers so we ensured that we did have these blogs for people who want to engage with public health content through reading so and then there is the the audience who have presence on social media who get their daily content and no matter what industry it's from from social media so we through our various activities we wanted to make sure we had a presence on social media as well and LaShawn you're heavily involved in that component did you want to talk about uh, that and why you even decided to take your digital marketing course being a public health professional yes I mean one of the one of the things I realized is we spent so much damn time on the internet, you know, in the digital virtual space, right? So we have social media, we have Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, what have you, TikTok. We did an episode on TikTok. TikTok. And Check out Health. our TikTok episode. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to Marco. And we spend so much time consuming a bunch of information, right? And as we already know, there's so much opportunity for misinformation, disinformation to be spread. But we also have to realize that even though this is a platform, these are platforms that can be used for those instances, we can also fight back and produce evidence-informed, good quality public health and global health information. And it's especially, you know, potent in this social media environment where things can start going viral and people can share different information you put out there. So having that presence online, you know, in that digital space, is a good idea because we're reaching people that are using that space. And of course, for the people who are not using those social media platforms, we have the podcast and, you know, the website and other blogs, but that that really encompasses that digital space, right? Even the website. So having that understanding that these are where a lot of people spend a lot of their time, we wanted to make sure that we were in that space pushing this public health information that is evidence meet them where they're at right mm-hmm. exactly and you know and i'm gonna say this again with the digital marketing dual certification that i'm doing it's just kind of that idea that as public health professionals we want to help break down those silos we want to communicate we want to collaborate with others we can't just do this within public health we need to reach outside of public health and reach areas such as politics business economics you know these are areas that we that can benefit our understanding of public health and utilize what they do best to engage with their audiences. And digital marketing is another one of those areas. Marketing, big marketing firms have different marketing principles that we, not, we might not be aware of in public health. Why do you think Coca-Cola and PepsiCo have such a large reach and the commercials they put out? Why are they so viral? We have to understand and understand that we have to do this in a safe way competent way 
which aligns with public health values, why can't we use some of those strategies and techniques to make public health information out there, mainstream, make it the cool, popular thing, right? So Gordon and I often love, you know, delving into these different areas like project management, digital marketing, to be able to communicate with other professionals in the field and learn from them because we cannot do it alone. We cannot. Yeah, exactly. Like, essentially what it is is, and much like where we started public health, we're we're trained in public health. We identified certain gaps that exist, and typical traditional public health training doesn't prepare you to leverage all those tools that can enhance public health's mission and vision. So, project management allows you to be very calculated and efficient. The how to do things, utilizing resources and and an understanding of how to do things with risks and constraints and assumptions right and then digital marketing it is if if we're if public health is is trying to have a seat at the table in social media it's best we understand how it actually works to influence behavior change because you know things like printing posters and and things like that are becoming a thing of the past so we we must develop a mastery of of social media in the digital space so that's that's sort of how we think about things are essentially, if you think of public health insight, if I could give you one word, it's just modernize or three words, modernizing public health. So being innovative in the way we look for solutions to public health problems and mastering new tools that come up. So like you have to be on your feet, you have to be open to professional development, you have to be learning, be open to learning new skills and to be able to apply that to public health school mm-hmm. no perfect and so one of the ways that we kind of push out some of this professional development among everything else is this idea of the newsletter and at this point mm. you might be wondering the how insight. The, yes the insight at this point you might be wondering how are we doing all these different things i want to take a second to just shout out right. our amazing right. team we have around 17 members really committed to public health insight. A lot of them, you know, working professionals in the field, as, as well as the individuals in our executive team, working professionals, and they dedicate a lot of their time and, you know, resources to pursue something they're very passionate in. And a lot of these initiatives that we're talking about today would not be possible without the hard work and commitment to these public health and global health professionals in the field. And I should also mention that these individuals come from Canada, the U.S., Hungary and and Finland mm-hmm, and Finland. So yeah, I mean, Finland. so I mean, yeah, we're so happy to have this great international team of amazing public health and global health professionals. So a huge shout out to them. Check out our website too. And we'd give you we'd, we'd shout out the names, but we didn't run it by you first. So we're not saying each of your names. Yes, but we love you and we appreciate your hard work, and you're invaluable. Exactly, and so. We're talking about professional development. So one of the ways we push that out is through this newsletter. So tell us about this newsletter. Why Why is it unlike any other newsletter out there? What, what, what do we intentionally do to make sure that this would be a practical, useful tidbit of information that you get every week in your inbox? Everything that we do, there is no finish line, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think it's just constant iteration, constant quality improvement, getting feedback from the people consume our content and then making changes doing it all again Mm -hmm. but the newsletter is 
I would say being a part of that newsletter, one of the things you should know about the newsletter is it's a themed newsletter. So every week you get a newsletter that is based on a certain theme, uh, carefully curated resources to match the theme. So for example, we have during Mental Health Awareness Month, I think in October, obviously the theme is around mental health. So you'd have received resources, you know, news articles around mental health, tips for mental health, and then resources around professional development in the, in the mental health space. So there are certifications, courses you could take free or at a low cost, where you, if you're in the mental health space or you want to enter the mental health space, we're essentially providing you with an avenue that you can pursue to, to do that. So to my knowledge, we're the, in public health, we're the only one that kind of has a themed resource where everything's carefully curated to match up to each other. And I know, LaShawn, one of your favorite components of the newsletter is the test your knowledge where we have that one quiz question and then the oh, answer yeah. at the newsletter at oh, the yeah. end of the newsletter oh yeah and then that's just an easy way for people to spend 10 seconds learning about a new fact without having to go and read a paper themselves so i think it's we're unique in that way absolutely and like you mentioned we also have our latest podcast on there resources job posting and just tips that People can implement right away in their everyday, you mm-hmm. know, life and journey throughout being in public health. And one of the one of the things that I love most about that newsletter is it always highlights our most recent public health community star. And for those of you right. that may not be aware, public health community stars is this initiative that we created very very early on. You know, close to the time we started the Public Health Insight podcast. But this initiative, Public Health Insight Community Stars, is really a way to highlight the diversity of individuals in public health, in global health, those individuals who are working to create change and lasting positive impacts within our communities through public health and global health practice. And we felt that this is an incredibly important initiative because it's a way that we really showcase that anyone could be in public health there's so many different people working in public health and oftentimes we don't see the people who are working in public health. We need to highlight them and amplify their messaging. So within this initiative, once they're highlighted by the community and for your information, you can nominate a community star through email at any point, any, any of your colleagues, coworkers, your in, any individuals you know that are doing great work in public health, global health, feel free to nominate them. But this is, we give them anywhere the, in the world, right? Anywhere in the world, we feature people, you know, in like 40 different countries. So it's fantastic. So the great thing about this is we give them, we hand them the platform. We hand them the ability to talk about what they want. So we usually ask three questions. What is public health? And the beauty of this is everyone gives a different answer because public health is so broad and it means something specific to every single public health professional. So now we have these, this resource of, you know, probably 70 public health inside community stars that have a unique definition of what public health is. And oftentimes you get that question, what is public health, right? Mm-hmm. So this gives people, students, early career professionals the opportunity to reflect what does public health mean? And kind of compile all these different messagings from all around the world to create this global definition of what that is within themselves. The second question we ask them is, what work do you do in public health? 
This is a question we always get. Gordon and I always get this question. What, what do people do in public health? Having the opportunity to give them the platform and let them answer this question really highlights the great work they do within their respective communities. Some people have published books. Some people have got awesome community awards that represent some of their lifelong work that they've been up to. The diversity of that work is incredible, and the populations that they serve are incredible. We have people from Nigeria who are running some beautiful initiatives that engage youth, and it's, it's amazing to see the breadth and the scope of the work that they're doing. And the last question we'd like to ask is, what is your public health or global health message? It's nice to always hear people's reason for being in public health and what they want to see changed in public health or global health. And they often have a message that they want to share to inspire others. And so that's the third question we ask people. What is your public health or global health message? And so this is an opportunity to, you know, just name out what you're interested in public health and why other people should be interested in public health and that specific area within public health. Because as we know, it's so broad. And to have this advocacy piece of what people want to put out there is it's it's very nice to see the different responses. What Absolutely. do you think about that, Gordon? And it's a no, it's a very important initiative. I think I I look forward to those posts when we learn the different folks out there doing great work and it's a great opportunity for like you said students who are looking to get into public health who might not know what aspect they would like to dabble into. Mm-hmm. There's someone there who has put their story out there for you to learn from and you can even network with the person to find out more about what they do so and the good thing with the stars the community stars they're always they're typically very welcoming of those uh, networking opportunities and we encourage we encourage you to reach out wherever you think it's valuable or appropriate for you so i think that's that's one of the initiatives we're the most proud about the community stars Exactly. And if you're, again, if you're interested, we will add a little link in description in the episode um, description section where you can learn more about how you could nominate your colleagues in public health because it's great to highlight them. That's right. And so, great to highlight. Yeah. And we also mentioned early on this idea of these emergent opportunities from just putting out a podcast, like a podcast. We put out a podcast, and there's so many opportunities that came our way. And one of the most interesting things professionally that we've been working through is this idea of consultancy. Gordon, can you share a bit about, I guess, at a higher level without breaking any sort of, you know, contractual agreements, let's say, what are some (laughs) of these, what are some of these initiatives we've been involved in? Well, I would say even, first of all, what is consultancy sounds like you have to be very established in a field to do. Mm-hmm. If someone thought that, LaShawn, would they be true? And why is that the case if they're true or not true? So, I mean, I believe it's something that, of course, experience helps you mm. do any given job better. But this right. idea that you need years and years and 10 years and 20 years and 30 years of experience to do consulting I don't think is true. And I think we're kind of living proof that that's definitely not true. Right. Right. And so right. what is consulting at its core? It's you have a specific skill set and you could develop the skill set of critical thinking, collaboration, communication, tailoring different messaging, innovative thinking, uh, systems thinking. These ideas 
are skills and a toolkit you can use to tackle many public health issues. So you have to, as a student or early career professional or a working professional, you have a skill, whether it's the skills you learn through your formal work or your volunteer work, you have skills that people are probably interested in this public health and global health space. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're learning. Exactly. The skills that we at Public Health Insight have is, it's, or it seems to be a very desirable kind of skill set that a lot of organizations in Canada and internationally seem to be drawn to, right? And So what you're yeah. saying is sort of uh, uh, if there is a demand for something that you're strong at, there is an opportunity for consulting. Is that kind of what you're, you're getting at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. But these opportunities don't find you, is what you're saying, LaShawn. By putting ourselves out there on networking platforms, by putting our podca podcasts out there, people become aware of our strengths and then maybe seek us out for services. So there's no real marketplace at the moment for to facilitate public health consulting. So it, there's a little bit gr of groundwork that's required on your part to, to open up doors for those opportunities. And thankfully, the Public Health Insight and the podcast and all the other initiatives we're involved with did help to facilitate that. So LaShawn, you asked about some of the work we've been involved with we can spend some a little bit of time talking about it and I'll I'll you can do it as well. We we've we've been working with the National Collaborating Center for Infectious Diseases on a drug take back campaign that involves a lot of knowledge translation and we'll share a little bit more about that when the deliverables are complete. But that's that's a connection I made actually through my Master of Public Health program and I'm fortunate that they value my work and we're able to get PHI on board. So we're thankful for that. LaShawn, did you want to talk about some of the other ones? Yeah. And we also work very closely with Factually Health, which is an organization that really tries to combat misinformation and disinformation through artificial intelligence tools. And that's been a really interesting initiative that we've taken in order to enhance some of our skills and consultancy and being able to provide evidence-based recommendation for patient engagement, adoption, and accessibility to using different tools in public health. So that's kind of another initiative that we've, we've been a part of among others. But I really like the idea that Gordon mentioned in terms of using his connections, some of his connections that he built through other positions, and leverage them to provide some of these services or be a consultant, right? Throughout this life course of being public health professionals and global health professionals, one of the greatest strengths we can build is this idea of relationships and networking. We have to work together as a team and utilize everyone's knowledge and be aware of what others are doing and utilize that you know, in you know, different ways to see where you can fit in, where you can help and amplify different messaging. And I think along your path, just consider the importance of relationships and, you know, meaningful relationships. So this sounds like a lot, and we couldn't possibly be doing, thinking of doing much more for 2022 and beyond. So LaShawn, what are our plans for an even more fruitful and successful 2022 and beyond? Do we have any plans? We're we... going to play it by ear? Going to wing it? What are we going to do? Well, we do have a strategic plan, so we're going to follow mm. that. And so I think at the core, at its core, we want to build upon the strengths that we've developed in 2020 and 2021. We've developed a community in networks. We've 
you know, we have amazing people working within Public Health Insight. We want to build on top of that to, you know, deliver different public health messaging, increase our capacity as an organization, and keep building towards this idea of envisioning this world where public health information is accessible, understood, and used by all. And again, it is a very broad vision, but we really want to stick to this message and we want to build upon that in 2022. Yeah, I would say for me, the plan is always at the core to inspire people to facilitate knowledge sharing and to make public health cool to make public health viral so to facilitate that we continue having you know dedicating our time to any student or early career professional that reaches out to us for support and guidance we continue to look for innovative ways to make our podcast better and ultimately give the people what they want and what they deserve yeah, I love that. And of course, everything we're talking about, we will include links in the description, especially our website. You could go out and check and navigate to our contact page and you'll see the best way to reach us for any of the initiatives you've heard, whether it's being uh, featured on the podcast, whether it's nominating a community star, whether it's you're a student or early career professional interested in setting up a meeting with us to just talk through our journey in public health and you know ask questions check out our website link will be That's in the right. description and to kind of wrap this all up gordon what is your key take home message for the audience besides have a happy holiday the key take home message is there are probably more possibilities out there than you're willing to dream about and it's possible to accomplish your dreams or to be successful even if you have have had multiple failures so that's my happy holiday message you know what that just makes me want to scream what kevin garnett screamed anything is possible anything's possible love it LaShawn and gordon <laughs> signing off Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our content and would like to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To learn more about our community initiatives and how you can support us, visit our website at thepublichealthinsight.com. Join the PHI community and let's make public health viral.